0: what's good y'all welcome back to conversate with akeem d earl and this is episode 10 of conversate and i'm so excited you guys listen only 36 percent of podcasts make it to episode 10 so i'm i'm hyped. this is a big deal for me and i want to thank you guys for tuning in tapping in and make it making it possible for me to grow this podcast and i want to give a big shout out to all the attorneys who were able to come in and bless the conversate show with their stories with their lives and with their careers and be able to impact the listeners and myself as well so guys com- continue to share like and comment on the podcast i want you to do me a very special favor please rate this podcast on apple podcast give it that five star leave a comment leave a note whatever you want to say to me whatever you want to say to the guest please comment and i'll help grow the podcast exponentially thank you so much For tuning in and get ready for episode 10. This is my friend who is a beast in the AI tech and data space and how it intersects with the law. Yeah, I'm telling you, she's dropping some major gems in this podcast, and you don't want to miss it. So let's go. Episode 10 of Conversate with Akeem D. Earl. Let's go. Let's converse, Akeem. Let's Let's converse. Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Conversate with Akeem Deep Earl. I'm here with another very special guest. Uh, this guest is a prominent thinker, voice, and leader of cultural change. She's an expert in data utilization and management while also being an equitable leader. She was born in Bethesda, Maryland. She earned an undergraduate degree from Old Dominion University, a graduate degree from the University of Maryland, College Park, and a law degree from the University of the District of Columbia, David A. Clark School of Law. Shout out to UDC. In 2020, Amber Ivy ran for election uh, to the U.S. House to represent Maryland's 7th Congressional District. While in law school, Amber realized she wanted to support people in a different way and decided to serve in the intersection of data, tech, law, and public policy. She now serves as a vice president for a nonprofit organization, Focus on social impact. She is also the founder of Ivy Collective, which is a consulting agency that provides action plans to businesses and government agencies through data audits, and is a fellow podcast host of the AID Codes, the System podcast, which breaks down topics related to data, tech, law, and public policy in plain language. I know her because she was my class mentor. Our school had this thing called class mentors for our class. And she was a 3L going out. And I was a 1L coming in.
1: 4L. I was under. 4L.
0: yeah. Evening student. student. evening
1: gang. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. That's why. Right, right, right. So definitely evening student. We was in the trenches for four years doing this thing. Mm -hmm. And she was an extreme help. A wonderful mentor. And I was excited to see her process and her, and her journey throughout the years. And I was able to help her on her campaign yep. uh, when she was running for the US House of Representatives and we was in the trenches in Baltimore <laughs> getting these signatures. Hot in, hot in, hot. In the, in the in the hot <laughs> and we going to get mad Those people was mad. Walk up to them with signature, like, man, if y'all get up my face. It was it was a it was a lot. But it was a great experience.
1: And we going to get into that too.
0: Okay. So I'm cool. excited to have Miss Amber Ivy on the podcast. Welcome Amber.
1: Glad to be here. I do my own um, air horn. Poop 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 <laughs> Glad to be. Make it up.
0: I gotta get that for the guests. I'm gonna get the yeah. You, you gotta bring that guests. in. <laughs> <laughs> dope, dope. Um, how are you doing, Amber?
1: I am lovely. It's been a great day. I have not well. I will not complain. Of course, everyone could complain about something, but I choose not mm-hmm. to complain. So I'm I'm feeling awesome. Good,
0: good. good. So we usually start this podcast with the finished sentence, right? Mm-hmm. And it is if I was not a lawyer. I would be a what? And you are a different case because you are living in what. <laughs> you not be. So speak a little bit about like why mm-hmm. why you why can't you answer that question?
1: So I decided not to practice as an attorney. So I am mm-hmm. trained as a lawyer. Um, when I went to school, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be in the trenches. I want to help mm-hmm. people. I want to figure that out. But then I remember being at the cover retreat, they would send all these law students who were interested in public interest from the yells of the world and other schools. And for us, like UDC is not ranked up there with the yells, but we are top mm-hmm. when it comes to public interest. So right. um, I remember going to the cover retreat out in the middle of nowhere, Vermont, like legit or New Hampshire. I don't even know what state I was in. That's how bad it was. <laughs> and we were out there in cabins and literally the with boonies. a whole bunch of other folks who were interested in this. And at mm-hmm. the time I was working in data um, mm-hmm. and working at the future charitable trust on a data project, doing research and data. Cause that's my natural background. And I yeah. remember sitting down at the table with this girl during her lunch. And because I was an evening student, I had a full-time job. So I was doing law school at the same time. And she literally was like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what That's you crazy. do sounds interesting. Why are you here? And I was like, wow. you know why am I here? And that was wow. like, let L year. here. And then the crazy part is that following Monday, I had an event at work. Where mm-hmm. um we brought in a whole bunch of people to talk about data, predictive analytics, and all this stuff. And a guy yeah. literally stood up in front of the room and said, if you find your intersection, or if you're sitting in the intersection of data, technology, law, and policy, wow. you have found your niche. And I'm like, Wow, that's me. And I like in that moment, I'm like, that's the space I'm gonna live in. That's a space that mm. is necessary for progress with how the world is changing with technology. Yeah. The reality is lawyers do not learn about tech. Like we went through law school and there was no tech classes. There are now um, tech companies that are writing contracts for us. There are literally tech companies that are doing way more in law than we ever thought was possible. And we as lawyers are not learning that. Same thing with tech companies. They're not trained on the law. So they're going to mess up and do things that they're not supposed to. Same thing with public policy. They're not trained on law or tech. And so all these things I was realizing there's all these silos, but I've been blessed just in my career to be in all those worlds where I have a unique position to see the center of that to help people not have to deal with um, bias and like uh data collection or other things Man. related to the intersection of the world. So I found my niche and my intersection. So that's why right. I do not practice as a lawyer. And what I do that da- is lawyer adjacent. And it's very important right. to make sure that I'm on the preventative side of what could happen with yeah. some of these technologies, public policy, et cetera.
0: Got you. That's, that's dope. So so why did you decide to go into law school in the first place? If you I thought you I did? wanted
1: to like go out there and make the world a better place and I thought I could do it through law. And I knew that Gotcha. The I knew that I've always wanted to be a lawyer since I was a kid. Everyone said I was mm. going to be a lawyer. I always wanted to be a lawyer. Honestly, mm. also at the cover retreat, I remember being in the room with one of the women who filmed in um the movie uh the the um what's it called? The 13th Amendment or is it called Yeah. Yeah. One of the yeah, women. On, on um, who, Netflix here, yeah. Yeah, she filmed in that movie. And one of the things she said mm. to me, actually, and it's probably going to sound bad to your audience, but I'm going to say it. She said to me, <laughs> I can only afford, she's a lawyer from Harvard. I can only wow. afford to do things when someone gives me a contract. Because the clients I serve mm. are in poverty, and therefore she's also in poverty. And I sat there and I was like, what? Wow. Like, that blew me away. This Harvard-trained lawyer. hmm is serving a population that she now also becomes a part of and can only feel, feels like she can only travel when, or live her life when other folks ask her to come and do something or speak somewhere. And I'm like, that Mm -hmm. can't be the way to help people who are in poverty. And the sad part is public defenders don't make Mm -hmm. a lot of money. And they don't, like they don't. They struggle a lot. They can't pay back those loans, especially if you went to a top university for your law degree and not like a UDC was very reasonably priced. And we were all able to like, it's much better than right. going to a six-figure law school. Right. Um. So it and was did to
0: have the parents to like back you up. Yeah. With if you funds don't have the, if you you you're trying to, to like help yeah. make
1: people be better, you shouldn't have to go into into debt that much, and then yeah. you come out and you can't even replace your salary. So right. even so, you that, want to be
0: a defense attorney. Defense attorney was. I did. The, that's the what path. I wanted to do,
1: and I was like. This isn't going to... I said, I can't help people if I'm literally in the same situation. So I was like, what is another <laughs> we way? <all> struggling <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And then it was like one yeah. for one was the other issue. I think that yeah. people need to do that. There are people who need to be one for one, being out yeah. there, being a defense attorney, making sure people are okay. But I was like, yeah. I had another skill where I'm like, I can hit more than the one. I can hit the many with mm. what's coming ahead. And plus, I had been in an industry where I'm seeing the future. And I'm like, if they think they're struggling in the defense system now with the number of people we have in the system, imagine when computers and technology are involved in this, it's only going to increase that even more. So I wanted to be Man. on the pre- preventive side of what's happening yeah. and what's coming down the pipeline. Things with so bias why would, and, um, AI face recognition, like all this stuff is yeah. coming. So I'm like, I can help way more on this end just knowing what I have in my background.
0: Right. So get into it. Like w- how would technology <laughs> impact <laughs> negatively on
1: so many ways. Um, <laughs> well, you all have heard things like one dark skin does not photograph well, period. It just doesn't. Um, we can go Man. back into the history of Kodak original cards and how the different, how, how photography was trained and built. We can go back that far. Like it was trained on a white woman, it was built that way. But still, mm-hmm. dark skin does not ab- absorb light in that way, right? So hmm. if you do have things like um, AI face recognition, it's very hard to differentiate faces that are black because we don't have enough training data. So in order to train the AI to understand something, there has to be a lot of data that goes into that. If we right. don't have that, it can get features mixed up. So often black people are um, confused for each other because there's not enough data to be able to differentiate between Akeem right here and then maybe Joseph wow. over here.
0: So they so think we all look the same in real life and in AI, basically. Because if you
1: don't if you don't have <laughs> enough data feeding it, right? The computer's only gonna do what humans tell it to do. Like it's right. not gonna do anything and else. Then Other areas yeah, that we've seen. Mm-hmm. I know it's wild. Other areas that we've seen, even with just data in general, is like stopping frisk in New York. Stop yes. and Frisk in New York started with something called CompStat back in the day. It started with CompStat or it was a stat program. I also worked for a stat program in Maryland back in the day as well. But they mm-hmm. did the thing called Cops on Dots. So put cops where the crime is and that's where you hang out. It helped reduce right. crime and, and was supposed to stop crime. But if you take that to the next level of only going where you're policing, if you police in one neighborhood and don't police mm-hmm. in the next neighborhood, you're going to find more crime in the neighborhood you police in. They've done right. studies that show everybody smoke weed at the same rate, period. I don't know if I can say <laughs> weed on your show. They do. No, they fine, stop people okay. randomly. randomly. They smoke yeah. weed at the same rate. But if you're targeting this district and this other district is not being targeted, when you feed that data into the system, yeah. it's going to then tell you to go to the black neighborhood. Like It's just going to actually tell you that because Jeez. that's the data you gave it. So it's so many wow. things that are happening on that side of things that I'm like, this is gonna like this is like on 1000 like what we're dealing with yeah. is already bad this is gonna make it even even worse
0: right and i just feel like like you said the law is just so slow with the technology even the tech we use no in, like, they're courtrooms. slow and then
1: there's law <laughs> <laughs> the joke is Back. that i also worked like on a law tech project no it's bad there was a law tech project and <laughs> one of the things i would say in front of the judges when i work with them because i was helping yeah. them improve their systems um right. particularly in the civil legal system is where i was working and mm. i would literally tell them if you go into a courtroom in the 17th century it will look the same as it does today
0: i have no doubt about
1: there's that. no other part of the world that's acceptable <laughs> it's not where what other <laughs> no, industry would real. you be okay with that
0: for I, i've been we in trials laws where, like, from people... common
1: law england yes and it, everything is the same and which is fine extremely I, old fine. But at yep. some point, people should not be, court should not be eight to five when people have <laughs> to be at work. Like, let's, we can, never mind. It's a whole other issue. I'm going to calm down. What's your next question? <laughs> nah, it's No, nah, this is why you're here. We're going to get into it. No, nah, but that real. is a problem. The courts that's have not real. caught up. There are a few mm-hmm. law schools that are stepping up. There's Suffolk Law, there's Stanford. Mm-hmm. A few are now creating law tech programs because they realize they're so far behind. And now they're actually requiring, even some of the professional responsibility, they're having to change the, or people are talking about changing some of those rules to make sure you stay up on tech because if you're yeah. defending someone and don't know what the hell is going on, you're not doing what you're supposed to do as a lawyer.
0: Yeah, if you if you're dealing with uh, cases that involve cell phones or different things like that, you need to know a lot Man. of different stuff. Courts
1: don't I've even been a- allow cell phones in some courts. Houseway. way? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right. I've I've been a power legal for five years and I've worked with a lot of different attorneys Mm -hmm. and some of them are just so stuck in their ways. They don't want to update no system. They don't want to use no new technology. The simple filing systems, they're like, I don't want to do it. And it's like, bro, like it's
1: because they they don't want to do math.
0: Anything with like and, the tech, <laughs> and which is why law schools and, and firms struggled during the pandemic because mm-hmm. they had to use tech and it was mm-hmm. terrible. People exactly. were going crazy. But we had to take classes in law school through the pandemic, and it was like it was a whole shift in how we did law school. It was definitely uh, a struggle for real. so. Okay, um, let's take it let back. Let me say
1: one thing before you move yeah. on. The crazy part mm-hmm. of that is I was working with a court before, actually a few courts before the pandemic. We were put in yeah. court online. So mm. the courts I work with and got that got their systems up were able to run court online during a pandemic because we were able to get it up before then. So that helped mm. them to literally deal with traffic cases, um, wow, some, yeah. some divorce cases and family law cases and other cases that come through a civil legal system in a right. very easy way. And before court, in many situations, like, how can we settle this before we even get there? And it was all done on an app or on a website. Right. Because you don't need to be in court to handle 99% of the stuff in the civil legal system. But
0: <laughs> anyways. we we going to see if we ever okay. get to that point. But so, let, let's take it back. They're Why trying. Data?
1: They're trying. <laughs> Sorry,
0: go ahead. Why data? It seems like when you hear data, you hear numbers, and you get very bogged down. Like, okay, I don't want to deal with no numbers. It sounds boring. Why did you choose data? What, what's exciting about data to you?
1: I like, so I like math, but to me, data isn't math, if that makes sense. So to me, data mm. is people, especially in a world mm. where I've been in most, for most of my career was in people, government and things like that. So for me, data is telling me about the people I'm either serving or helping others serve and giving me more insight on them. That's the way I look at data. Cause otherwise mm. if you can think about it's all these numbers that makes you, people get frustrated. People like, don't want to talk about yeah. it. It's literally people like. Data in my field is people. Data may be numbers or other stuff related to that, but at the end of that, that's a person yeah. behind that. So that's the way mm. I look at it. I'm like, every single data point is a human being. I can learn about that human being. I can help that human being because I know what's going on in their life and because I can mm. see what's happening and I can provide an intervention based on what the numbers about that human being are saying. So that's why I like it. I'm also just an operations person and I, I need to be able to know that what I'm doing has a reason, I'm not the person that's mm-hmm. going to do something off the cuff or because my heart feels a certain way. I'm like, no, what's the evidence we need to do It's this? calculated. It's yeah. calculated. It's like I'm lo- I'm too logical, and I'm like, all right, one plus one has to equal two for me. I can't mm-hmm. do all the other stuff. I'm like, I'll allow probably 10% of that fray in my life, but for the most part, I need to know what we're going to do is helping and then be able to come back and say, hey, let me see if what I did didn't help. How can I improve? So that's just how I live.
0: Man. So do you ever feel like sometimes sometimes you can get too caught up in the data. Like, do you ever feel like the data loses the human aspect?
1: It does. It sometimes. I personally, how do, you, how do you handle that? I think because I'm around the humans, right? So I stay connected mm. to my community. I stay, if I'm working in an area, mm. I make sure I'm volunteering. I make sure I'm being a part of human interaction. That doesn't make me see data. Like I can easily look at data because Baltimore collects a lot of data. They're one of the first cities to collect data and to do stat programs. Um, after New York, Um, And they Mm -hmm. actually, their program was like one of the top leading programs in the world at one point. Um, But I can look at that data. But I also know when I walk down the street, I see. The young kids I'm mentoring, I can be able to see the mm. human side of it. So I think it's important for you to be able to not just sit on a computer and look at numbers, but also yeah. to be a part and work with that community for them to also tell you what's happening. Like data alone yeah. is not a thing. Like it has to be data data plus people. Like I always tell people that. Yeah. And even data, you can change it to say what you want to say. So let's not lie about it. People mm. manipulate it. People tell a different story based on what they see. A lot of times, looking straight at a chart it's not gonna tell you what's happening in the community. A number could be going up and you're not gonna find out until you actually get on the ground and go discover what it is. So I do encourage people to actually find out why the number is going up and not just assume the number is going up for a reason they think. And community communication or talk to the community can help with that a lot.
0: <coughs> gotcha. So if, if one extreme is just only looking at numbers, what's the other extreme, like on the opposite side of <laughs> using data? What do people do instead of data?
1: Trust the people fully. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to That's trust so the people right. right what's wrong with that we are fickle we're human <laughs> we no i'm just saying we make mistakes Facts. it's easier no, you're to right. see you're patterns right. when you have like mm-hmm. a method or a methodology for how you see it you can then take that and say i'm not going to trust this alone and take it to humans or the other way a human says i'm having this issue the data also points to that issue. Like it helps you to be able to back things up. I believe things work Mm. together better. Like the whole silo thing doesn't work for me. I'm all about let us all pull together, pull people from different Mm. backgrounds who see things a different way together to solve problems. Not this whole idea of one way, this one way, that. Data is not the way to solve all the problems. It just gives you insight that you may not have had to know where to look, right, and then you go do the next step. Go work with the community. Go work with other stakeholders to figure out what it is and come up with a solution. Yeah. Data cannot do it all. Data does one small piece of it.
0: Got you. That makes sense. So, yes. speaking of being amongst the, amongst the people, you mm-hmm. decided to run for House representative with twenty twenty.
1: Yes. Why Absolutely. did you
0: make that decision? Why, why that Back decision? to
1: our conversation. So, mm-hmm. um, because I see particularly in Congress and even in other places, they're not thinking about technology. I, I've said mm. this then and I'll say it now. The fact that people did not know how Facebook worked, who are leading mm. our laws, when Facebook literally owns Man. <laughs> society, owns culture. everything, TikTok yeah. owns society, owns culture, yeah. Instagram owns society, owns culture. They have billions of users. And the yeah. people who are making our laws had no idea what it was. <laughs> that is a problem. And then yeah. now, like even now, if you look at all the stuff, they're like, tech is getting too big. It's going to keep getting too big because you don't understand right. what the hell is happening. And then the yeah, future yeah. of work, I was scared about the future of work. And I was like, people mm-hmm. are not going to have be able to have jobs because our skills deficit. COVID hit. We just literally skipped into, I, we were predicting and, and other folks were predicting that we would have a problem between 2030 to 2040. It was going to be a huge problem where we're going to have a knowledge deficit gap where there would be more jobs than people. Now COVID hit, we got Mm -hmm. it this year. We have more jobs than people with the skills. And sadly, all these, even though there are layoffs now, like forget the recession for a minute, that's only going to last for some time. Tech is still going to go up. But Mm -hmm. before, like last year, and even beginning of this year, we had so many jobs that were open in the tech space or in these other industries that need these skill sets, zero skills. And then a -hmm. lot of people decided they didn't want to work or could didn't want to work low-wage jobs during COVID. That actually sped up automation. If you look at what Walmart's doing, Walmart literally one location has full automation, full self-checkout. No humans mm. are there other than like a couple people standing. Um, at the they Walmart need to get
0: Apple Pay, though. Walmart is bugging out. They don't got Apple Pay, though.
1: They'll get that later. They don't care. <laughs> they play around. Walmart without Apple Pay. And you, they're also thinking <laughs> about the <laughs> consumer. But anyways, moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they are like... It, Private sector companies saw, saw during COVID the importance mm-hmm. of going online and being digital. We lost so many yeah. businesses in COVID. So many companies are bankrupt. Mm-hmm. We lost real, 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 real excuse me, Our retail companies that will never come back are gone. The stuff we grew up with literally is gone that quick because mm-hmm. of what was happening during that time. It sped us up. So, also the private sector companies that knew, they immediately went to tech. A lot of them do not have to hire the same amount of people again. Yes, a lot of places are now asking mm-hmm. for people to come back, but in the background, please please, those tech companies are automating and figuring out how to make sure they don't ever experience that again.
0: So There's a smoothie
1: What is it? Jamba Juice has a completely automated smoothie um, location. There are no humans. Wow. I think one human comes to drop off like the ingredients probably a couple times a week. It automates everything. You order, the machine makes it and gives it to you. There are no humans at the location. If you don't think they're going to do more of that, they will because they were very, they're not going to lose their company on um, the fact of individuals not coming or not wanting to work those jobs. And at the same time, those individuals don't have the skill sets, sadly to get the jobs that are paying um, the livable wage due to policies and everything else. But that's a whole nother conversation. Man,
0: that's great. So you you spoke about Congress, not like catching up with the times. What could it, they have done like say they were the, the most well versed in tech
1: we know they have curved this they've known there are literally senators um in congress who have been talking about these topics specifically future of work for a very long time and saying and ringing the alarm Hey, y'all, there's a few. Shoot, you can check the legislation that never passed. There's a few mm. future work legislation that was like trying to get apprenticeships in um, place, more of those involved, fellowships, more jobs training and skills training back in school um, to fund a lot of that stuff. Like there's a lot of stuff we could do around helping folks get skills in the jobs of the future. Um, and we're not. So it's like if mm. you're if you're not paying attention to that, what else are you gonna do? There are people who are ringing the alarm enough. Uh, too many people are in there who have been in there too long i believe in term limits i've <laughs> been in there mm-hmm, too long who don't mm-hmm. know the world we're in right now and honestly over the age of shoot even as we were 30 some year olds we're not the same people we were when we were 18 year olds we, yeah. we were old to ourselves at 18 think about do i don't know how you maybe are you 20 some or 30 something
0: I'm 20 something. Okay, so
1: you're still 20 something. As soon as you hit 30 something, you are now the old person you used to look at back in the day.
0: Right, right. Them, I, I feel like that now though. It's crazy. But
1: that's what I'm saying. They want something <laughs> different. So that that right. group, Gen Z, lives mm-hmm. online. My niece yeah. is seven. My niece, my mm-hmm. other niece is two. She lives yeah. one lives on Roblox, one lives on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can tell me every single YouTube star Fortnite, that exists, all that, all that, they live in a different Twitch. world. But the people yeah. who are making the rules for them are still in nineteen sixty because that's when they got in yeah. office. Like this does this right, not align. Right, right.
0: Man, so what's best case scenario for the next 10 years? Or what's the worst case scenario? I'm not what saying that online. <laughs>
1: Leave it up to your imagination. I'm not answering that. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> Lord.
0: You, you don't want to go missing like I these NFT a people. a lot of
1: people... I'll say this. I think a lot of people I okay. talk to are nervous. Not just for this, not for mm-hmm. technology, but it's a lot of things happening at once. A lot of systems in America are going through a pressure cooker to see if they're going to succeed or fail. And a lot of people are watching mm-hmm. to see what happens. We're all hopeful um, for the best, but I am nervous about a lot of different systems ranging from... Housing, healthcare, education—like there's a lot of different things that over the next ten years is going to be very interesting to watch. And I do not want to say <laughs> anything else other
0: man. than man, that. that well, that's scary. <laughs>
1: no, don't let it <laughs> makes be Makes me nervous. Be hopeful in that we're going to figure it out. People are resilient. We're right. Figure it out.
0: But I am so nervous. Now we, now we should trust in people.
1: Now. Oh, no. I trust <laughs> pe- trust people always. Like, I don't want you to think that. I mean, right. like, don't fully say, if someone says, this is the problem, like, let's find something to back it up. To enhance your yeah. voice. Not like to do whatever. But yeah, right. that's what I mean.
0: Got you. I hear you. Okay. So, let's switch gears. So, when you decided to not practice law anymore, mm-hmm. did you feel like there's like a, a death of a career of like a part of you like, Oh man, I'm giving this thing up or you just oh, it felt natural. Like, okay, I'm, I'm fine with not practicing.
1: No, I was fine. <laughs> Cause I decided, mm-hmm. I mean, I decided my two L year that I was like, I'm going to serve mm-hmm. in the intersection. I mean, I do, I probably will in the future, like hmm. do something with law, like more so like back to once I feel like I've done all I can in this space, like go do yeah. um stuff pro bono and stuff like that um to yeah. help people out. But it, it was, I just need to be on the other side. Like, I I just felt for myself, seeing what I see, knowing the world I live in, I'm like, it's not enough lawyers on this side of the world. Now, there can be lawyers gotcha. who, based on folks who are going to those law tech schools who are getting some of that aspect. But mm-hmm. right now, a lot of lawyers would not be able to defend a case relate, that's related to data and technology in a tech. way that's intelligible Man. or in, uh, intelligible way. They would be confused. Yeah. And that's sad for me because that's like the way our world is moving.
0: Man, that's real. So did you take the bar?
1: No, I did not take it because I knew I wasn't going to do it. Mm. I literally was like, I'm not doing it.
0: (laughs) So you you didn't go through that. (laughs) You you got your degree. I was like, I'm The funny
1: thing was I was going to take the bar after I ran for office. That was the plan. Mm. Then I got my job focused on running the data organization. I'm like, Mm -hmm. there's no, I can't do it. There's no space for it. But I do plan on in the future taking a bar and then doing pro bono work like 10 years out. Not anytime soon, but yeah.
0: Got you. Yep. got you got the whole plan set out that's dope mm-hmm. so how how was the law aside from you coming to the realization that this is not you that you don't want to practice right now everyone was law... take
1: law classes i love law school mm. i feel like everyone should be forced to. No I, if we could go back i would like seriously like as a child you should learn this stuff growing up because mm-hmm. it literally changed my whole view of just life how the system works how it happens I would literally recommend that everyone take a few law schools or classes, especially constitutional law to understand that. And then crime law for sure, bare minimum, everyone should take that. Because reading what some was of those the cases, biggest... it blew me. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I
0: was like, what would what, what, you probably about to get into it? But what was the biggest like realization you came to while in law school learning the cases?
1: One was, it was a few. One was mm-hmm. when I found out about how the land of um native americans was taken away from them man the the case,
0: the, oh lord i forgot the name. that of the case, case that oh my me gosh. Up
1: as i sat yep. though, So just for the folks who are watching who may not be lawyers um mm-hmm. there was a there's a rule or common law rule called first in place the first in time i can't remember exactly yes the call, but whoever gets there first that's your land
0: mm-hmm. you
1: come to america technically we were on common law or on common law so they came here and they were like oh the Native Americans have been here, and yes, technically, they own the land because they're here first. The, the case literally mm. lays out their reasoning behind breaking their own rule Yes, to take this <laughs> land from people who were here first, calling Bro. them savages, saying they would not know yes. how to use the land. Like This is literally written out, and verbatim tells you how our country mm-hmm. was thinking about it.
0: was legal gymnastics, man. It, it was
1: crazy. And reading that, I'm sitting there like, so y'all broke your own okay Mm -hmm. so that made me also think about other things like so then you don't believe this shit you tell everybody Mm -hmm. because you were able to change it or argue a argue a case that literally took land from millions of people so that was Mm -hmm. one the other one was the case um i can't remember the name of the case but the one with the um the lady the asian woman who shot the girl over the um drink that was another one that i think i cried in class when professor ferguson taught that one um Mm -hmm. and to hear that, like the reasoning for the lady not getting um, convicted and how um, she was dealt with when I know anyone else in a similar situation would have had a different outcome. It was just interesting to see how race, particularly um, race and issues with black people. And that we were reading a lot of cases during that time were similar around that. So Mm -hmm. it was a lot. And like we literally sat through a class about how black people have been screwed in the legal system. And, like, just sitting there reading it as a black person in a public interest law school, that really changed my my mind Man. and made me think about things in a very different way. Then, if I even go further, like, mm-hmm. even in law school, reading about some of the laws around how literally black people have been criminalized in this country for, like, years, if you just read through the cases, and it's literally, like, People think that we came here and we were enslaved in this country. We were not like blacks were free in the were allowed to be free, and then they were enslaved later through law. Like it's like literally mm-hmm. things that came along, and you read every time something happens, someone does something else. Before, like for example, if you were a enslaved person and your um and your uh, owner or whatever sexually assaulted mm-hmm. you and you had a kid, that kid could have been free. They changed the law to say you were only free based on what your mother was because these men want to have sex with these, um, black and yeah. women. So yeah. they didn't, I and mean, they didn't want their kids to be free. It's like, if you look at the law over years of time, and I've actually sat through some of this even deeper post yeah. university, I'm like, y'all was just out here <laughs> just changing it to work for you. Yes. And it's just like, it's, it's very whatever bad. they want. But for yeah. that reason, people should know the law. So they know what, what they're up against. So they know what's happening. Um, because a lot of things happen in this country through, Public policy, which Mm -hmm. is more so on my side, more like government and what government does. Government has caused a lot of harm in this country to Mm -hmm. um, people of color. Let's just be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on the legal side, the legal system has also done the same thing. So that's why I do not want the future of data, tech, and these other things to continue to cause the same harms it has caused in the past
0: no that's real and we we had to sit in these classes too it's like it's, we weren't just like learning a subject it was like impacting our lot and it was currently still happening it wasn't it like was, well this happened yeah, back in even in crim pro like these were laws that were in place mm-hmm. that were negatively impacting these these communities and we had to sit there and learn it as if it was like we're just learning a random subject no it was hard to sit through that
1: and when we Very were in hard. school we had the most mul- we had multiple killings of black men during that time yes. period and then having to sit yes. in class where you're learning about the yep. law that's going to get the person off who just kills someone. Bro. Like, that was a lot.
0: Bro, we had to protest on Saturday and be back in literally, class
1: Literally, and be back in class. <laughs> it was crazy. Never, I remember people like, going, and even with the immigration or migration crisis, people were literally going to the mm-hmm. border, helping people. Yeah. Like, when the kids were literally in cages, we had people from our school going down there to help, yes. help people with uh, asylum cases and all that. Like, and yeah, having yeah, to yeah. go to work, especially if you were... Yeah. Um, evening student and also or even not even soon you have to go back to school the next monday it was a lot Sheesh.
0: shout out to all the evening students man how how was it being <laughs> that's why i student? said
1: during my grad i spoke at my graduation i was like yeah special shout out to these yes. people who are 40 plus hours and coming in here four nights a week
0: <laughs> Bro, break down the evening student struggle lay it out for you for, for the y'all
1: will never understand so one thing <laughs> We looked at y'all like y'all were pansies. And it's probably not appropriate word to use. Because y'all Man. would be complaining about 15, 17 credit hours. I'm like, I got 12. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. right
0: and a nine to five, bro. Yeah,
1: and and right. a nine to five. Literally leaving work, getting on the train, just enough time for me and my friends to grab Starbucks coffee and a mm-hmm. biscuit and going right yep. to the <laughs> And y'all were like, oh, my that- God, the exam. This, 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 this. Like, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, and people and my had, friend, like I don't have kids. People have kids, spouses, yo, four multiple years, multiple kids, and multiple were, and kids. y'all were crying. Spouses, I'm gonna leave that alone. sorry, pets,
0: all of it. No, that's real. My friend corrected me. I used to say part time. She's like, we're not part time. We students. were not. We're, we're, were full time student,
1: graduate. We equipment. are full time <laughs> We had nine plus credits, twelve credits. No, Man, <laughs> so I, it was I said, a struggle. Call me a full time evening minus one class.
0: No, for real. <laughs> Man, shout out to all the evening students who made it through, man. Yes. That's real. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Another airport. <laughs> no, we deserve that and a trophy. Yo, for <laughs>
0: real. <laughs> Most valuable so, uh, player. <laughs> man. Uh give give a networking gem that you use in law school. So
1: um huh, I think so. I'm gonna use one from life in general that I also applied in life or um in law mm-hmm. school. So I learned early on, probably in my undergrad, the idea of a sweet spot. So everyone, this Mm. one, my parents are military. So I've grown up around all types of people from red Mm. to blue, purple, fill in the middle from all different Mm. races. Like I've grown up around a lot of different people and I've always had to move every couple of years. So I've had to learn very quickly to adjust to my new environment. Um, Mm. But one of the things I learned when I was in undergrad was something called the sweet spot, which is basically everyone has one thing in common. No matter who you are mm-hmm. in this world, no matter how much division we wanna try to throw on each other and all this other crap, like we don't literally bleed and sweat the same way. We all have one thing in common. So my thing is to find the thing that we can relate on, we can talk about. And people just love talking about things about themselves and things that we both like. So start there, which really helps. And that has helped my career out. That's helped me out in so many ways mm-hmm. of being able to find what matters to someone else and something that we have in common and like really um using that to Start conversations, build friendships.
0: Man, that's real. Great gym. great gym. Thank and you, you. found that—that's you found that—that that, that has worked for you in time. I would no, have people going to this thing
1: today like, about that. Like we were talking about wow. getting jobs and stuff like that. Because I recently just got um, the VP role, and I was that's telling them like, "This is how I made it. Like I've been able to figure out how to build relationships with people, and it starts with that sweet spot. Even when it's mm. someone I'm like, I can't, don't know how to break the door. There been times So I've been in rooms where like stark republicans here come this black girl especially when i wear my afro here come this black girl with her afro what is she about to tell me and yeah and i know how to because i've been able to develop that i know how to break that wall down that whatever the wall we all have and biases that come along that and i'm able to get through it not mm-hmm. all of you racist you racist and we're not gonna make it but i'm just saying in general like just some people grow up a certain mm-hmm. way live a certain yeah. lifestyle and i find that one thing that we can relate on um, and in, in areas where I don't feel like there's something I can find, I bring somebody in who can ally with me to relate and get me in that door. And nah. that has worked for me.
0: That's dope. That's good. Um, I, I was stalking your LinkedIn page to prepare for. <laughs> Clearly. I'm like, listening to
1: your listen you, reading your bio, I was like, oh, you read
0: <laughs> <laughs> i right, I, did, I did my work. I did my homework. Um, you were talking about being on a sabbatical in between positions. Um, mm-hmm. And how you felt like everybody should take time in between positions, and that's literally the time I'm on now. Like I'm starting a new position in January. I took all of December off to take that time. Woo! Why? Why do you? And I'm so glad I did it. Um, because I was about to just go straight in, and I was like, no, that, that don't feel right. I don't think that makes sense. Why do you feel like it's important that everybody should take a sabbatical in between positions?
1: The funny part is, I'm the person that goes from job to job. I'm the person that quits mm. on a Friday, <laughs> start on Monday. And mm-hmm. it's honestly been other people telling me, even with this um new job, my old boss, uh, he's a mentor of mine. He was like, How many weeks are you taking off? And I'm like, mm-hmm. probably three. He was like, Why? <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> Like, no, you need to take longer. Even the new job, they were like, uh, you could take longer if you need longer. <laughs> like, I guess no. in my mind, I just I've str- I've learned a lot in the last recent years around like just things that aren't common in certain cultures yeah. that are common in other cultures. Like Hmm. it is rare, let's be honest, for black people to take sabbatical. (laughs) We don't even know what that word meant.
0: (laughs) Man, to just rest is like take no work.
1: It's like what is a sabbatical? What is that? That's a thing? Oh, you can do that? Like
0: only 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 we passed this mess up. That's all you talk (laughs) about. When like, pastors got to sit down, that's what we do, but we don't know it as a, as just rest.
1: No, not as like, other than, yeah, like Sabbath and things like but we don't truly mm-hmm. know it as like rest from work. No. And so yeah. when they were telling me, and these are people who are, don't look like me, who were telling me to do it, I'm like, let me just do this. I'm like, there is no reason. They're like, this may be the last time you have like a Yo. big gap before another right. role. And yep. I was like, you're right. I said, let me just take the time. So I took six weeks and... I'm not the type of person that can truly rest, so I was doing a little bit of side hustling on the side, but I was doing it on my time, my yes. schedule, how I want it. I took two trips. I went out to Sedona, Arizona, which is amazing. Nice. If you've never been, go out there with the red box and the vortex. If you don't know what that is, Google it. I'm no clue. I don't that. hang in the <laughs> that vortex, like but it's out Lord. there. I'm just letting like, you know <laughs> Oh, Lord. I don't do the vortex, mm-hmm. but it is a thing. And then I did Miami um, last week, so I wanted to be in warm temperatures, getting plenty mm-hmm. of sun rays so I can get ready for this next position. But yeah. it just really reminded me of one, life is short and we spend too much time on the grind and not truly resting and just like enjoying Man. life. Right. And I had also been listening yeah. to some audio books, like four hour work week and stuff like that, where they're like mm. reminding you, like there's ways to like take many time periods, many retirements, as they call it, in between your whole career versus waiting yeah. to your 60 X when you're literally probably out of shape not trying to do too much and in doing that, but how do you truly add rest into your life? So I just really yeah. feel that that's something we need to do more often. Also before that I had taken a two week vacation at my last job. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh no, we're doing two weeks every year. <laughs> like, so it's certain things that I'm mm-hmm. like, I never did it because one, I was trying to be a good worker, trying to like yeah. commit myself and oh, do, and you're killing yourself. Everyone needs man. two weeks off, which is technically three weekends. um, everyone needs to take time off during during roles not go from friday to um friday to monday even if you can't do weeks like i did even a couple of weeks or half a week so you don't miss a whole paycheck um being yeah. able to set yourself up that way is very important
0: that's so real this is your sign y'all take that break I, man cuz even going into my break when I put my time in mm-hmm. it felt weird I felt like I was leaving my company high and dry. I was like oh is, is, you sure this is okay and it was like first of all they don't care they're gonna you. which is the first realization. and it sounded harsh but I was like no that's a good thing because you don't have to feel this pressure of like oh my gosh I'm gonna yep. mess up this company no you're, you're gonna be fine and honestly the best thing I've ever done because you get time to like you said, rest, learn about yourself, know mm-hmm. what your next goal is and go into your next position very refreshed. Yeah. What was what would you feel like is the the one thing you learned about yourself during your sabbatical?
1: I don't like meetings. <laughs> 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 I wrote that on LinkedIn. No, because yep. I came out of in one, I started my other job during COVID. What that mm. meant is you were on Zoom, well, at least we were on Zoom, shoot, sometimes eight to eight to five, eight to five thirty all day long. And I was a director and then eventually got promoted to senior director where I was literally Mm. in back-to-back meetings all day long. I'm like, this isn't reality. And I hate that we pushed towards virtual meetings to the point where someone sent a phone number. We didn't know what to do with it. Like it was (laughs) because it was like you're not used to phone calls. So it was like, where's the Zoom link? She was like, no, let's do a phone call. I'm like, oh, shoot. That used to be a thing. But now we're Mm -hmm. sitting here staring at people all day. That is draining (laughs) as hell. No, I mean, yeah. serious. Because you're like they yeah. already showed you. Most people are looking at themselves and make sure they don't look crazy. You're overthinking mm-hmm. things. You're not mm-hmm. paying attention to what's happening in the room. Like it's created right. a lot of mental stress. Versus Man. picking up the phone and saying, "Hey, hey, John, I need this or this is this," and we're yeah. done. We're sitting here in meetings for an hour because they're booked for an hour, so you feel like you can't end mm-hmm. them in 15 minutes. I'm like, this is dumb. So <laughs> what I realized is and the funny thing is I had took a uh, workshop about this a long time ago where a lady was like, the only reason you meet is to actually get something done. If it's Mm -hmm. an update, do it in an email, send a a voice note or something else. Do not have meetings for, because it becomes this long thing. And if you have a meeting, schedule them for 15 minutes because Mm -hmm. 15 minutes is all you need to get whatever you need to get done in that segment. So I really realized how much I hate meetings um, because I was taking meetings here and there. And now I'm really like, nah, (laughs) we got to figure something else out. (laughs)
0: Man, that's that's real, and I, I feel like we've all been in those meetings where it's like this makes no sense. And that's most my
1: meetings, time. like, think about the number of yeah. meetings that you actually need, it's probably 20% of your calendar.
0: Yeah, or no, like... I agree, I definitely
1: agree. So, I learned that. Um, the other thing, let yeah. me get one thing that's not as tactical. Mm-hmm. The other thing I learned, um, is that uh, how can I say without saying, um, is that. People need to understand their values and what matters to them. And I think being away from Mm. everything else gives you a chance to figure that out. Because I think oftentimes the nine to five grind piles so much on you. You don't have time to be creative. You don't have time to think. Mm. You're literally reacting. And having that time allows you to recalibrate to figure out what matters to you and what is important to Mm. you. Because many times someone is telling you what matters to you and what is important to you and you're not necessarily having time to think about it um, because your boss yeah. is telling you, I need you to do this or I need this or these are the goals. And this, and it's like, do you really want to do that? Is that, is that what, <laughs> your li- what you want to spend your life doing? A lot of times yeah. that revelation happens either when some chaos happens like COVID. A lot of people left yeah. their jobs because something disruption yep. happens. And I think a sabbatical gives you a mini disruption or even two weeks off. Gives you a mini disruption to be able to make sure you're aligned with who you want to be in this limited time we have on Earth.
0: Right. Don't wait for something bad to happen for you to have that revelation. Mm -mm. Take the time,
1: plan the time. (laughs) Right. Some people recommend, I think someone said once every quarter you should be doing long weekends, taking that time to make sure Mm -hmm. um, that you have the space to do that so you're not getting stuck in that cycle. Because yeah. I know people right don't now feel... who are thinking about career changes and they're 40. And that sucks. Like, that's hard. Mm, um, man. And a lot of it is because they've been stuck in stuck in the 9 to 5, 9 to 6 line yeah. and not able to look up. And now they're looking up because yeah. of all the cra- craziness that's happened around COVID. And they're like, shoot, I'm doing something I do not want to do the next 20 years or 15 years. Yeah. Yep. That's real.
0: And and don't feel guilty about it. Like I, nope. One of my friends, she's <laughs> taking the bar and february and she was asking like for some advice because she's studying in africa right now she's africa, mm, for the good bar. for her and i was like she was like what's some advice you guys want to give i was like take your breaks and enjoy the motherland and don't feel guilty about it. like emphasis on not feeling guilty because you could take the break and then the whole time you just stressing like oh i gotta do this i gotta do that just, and Then you just messed up the whole time that she just took like yeah, take your breaks did. and do not feel guilty i, I know it's hard to it do is. it, but as much as you can, clear your mind, clear your head, understand that they're gonna be fine without you. They will, you're important, but you're not that important. None of us, over yourself, <laughs> you are. Right. Unless
1: you're the You'll one person fine. that can do the neuro, uh, the neuro, um, surgery that no one else can do Bruh, in the world, we ain't that important. Unless
0: you, Dr. Strange, before the car accident, later, late, you're gonna, right. <laughs>
1: you gonna be all right, <laughs> you're gonna be all right, take your breath. I tell people that all the so, time, I'm like, we are not working yo. in the ER no matter how much your boss is telling you, this is not that important. If you die Man. tomorrow, your position will be posted in three weeks. The and they will send your family flowers. Because we, I've been in environments that have literally sent families flowers who co-workers have died and that position Man. was posted. And the world kept moving. Please Man. excuse yourself over <laughs> over anything else.
0: Man, that's real. I feel like the best thing you can take away for this podcast is that, gym. Literally. Uh, speak, speaking of creative, you have your own podcast. As yes, I introduce. do. Introduced. Uh, on the podcast front, like, how is it having a podcast? Just from just doing a podcast, what is it I for?
1: like it because I like interviewing people and meeting new people. Um, that's mm-hmm. the part I love. Like right now, what yeah. I don't like is I need to hire a um editor because I have a million <laughs> episodes that need to go up, and I'm Man. I'm anal because I don't want ums, I don't want any of that in my podcast. Like I don't care about stuff. Like I tell people, like I just start posting video, but when it comes to yeah. the, the audio i'm like i'm anal in all the ums the spacing
0: i'm
1: like no we're not doing this so i i probably should just let it go and just post as it is and just call it because that would actually take off more stress um but i love Mm. interviewing people and hearing about people's journeys like you were saying i talk about data technology policy law the thing i love Mm. about the podcast is we break stuff down in like plain language so if someone wants to know what bitcoin is like I'll talk about what that means or what blockchain is, like technology related topics or law related issues and things that happen. Like we've talked about Mm -hmm. um, cases involving police um, shootings with um, unarmed black men. Like I did um, did one on that. So we talk about different topics and break down the law or break down the technology, break down the policy that's associated with it in a plain way. Because my goal is that people will hear it and be like, oh, I'm interested in that. Let me go see how I can get mm-hmm. in this. So I always Facts. ask people like a cadence of the same questions. And one of the cadences or questions is like, how does someone who is interested in this get involved? Because that's what I really yeah. want to get out of it. Because I want more people yeah. who are looking at these spaces. Um, and then folks also to kind of say, oh, I understand that enough to have a conversation about it or enough to Google it to learn more if I'm really interested mm-hmm. in that topic.
0: Man, that's so good, and that's also the goal of this podcast too. I'm mean, just nice. glad you're on here too, because I, I want more people of color to see people in the lower and to see people in different oh, intersections you are doing of the that?
1: Because on my LinkedIn, <laughs> you said what? I said oh, you are doing that because on my LinkedIn, literally yours always pop up, and I always see. Um, it's really cool to see Black people who are in law popping up um, on the screen. So, great Dang, job. For
0: real. Because when it comes to the, this, the the podcast content space, like you said, the, the movement of social media and algorithms mm-hmm. and stuff like that, when it comes to law and the different aspects of it, you don't see people of color in these spaces. Mm-mm. And that's a reason why I created a podcast. And that's why I love that you had that podcast because they see people. They hear the podcast, they see the content and say, Oh, that person looks like me. And like you said, I'm now interested in what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. I want to enter that field. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're just going to go for what they see on TV or what they hear about lawyers and different people like that. I'm like, I don't want to touch that. And we make up 5% of this profession.
1: Which is crazy. If if
0: we're able to, crazy. So if we're able to provide content, like you said, Gen Z is on social media. Yeah. They're listening to podcasts, they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram, they're seeing this content. If they see black faces, saying, this is the area of law I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in tech, in the intersection of tech and the law. I love it. I enjoy it. This is how we make changes, yada, yada, They're going to go, oh, shoot, I want to do that too. And that's how things change. That's how people move into these spaces. And we're no longer going to be the 5%. I agree. Or we're no longer going to be in meetings that you could only see one person that looks like you. Every... Or you're the only person
1: yeah. um, of, of,
0: of color. So I, I'm. I, that's so awesome that you're doing that. Real-life girl.
1: example. Actually, one of my... Former colleagues, actually, we had uh, lunch a couple or coffee a couple weeks ago, and he literally mm-hmm. told me, "Hey, I actually signed up for this AI master's because I heard your podcast." And wow. I'm saying, and he's a Hispanic, um, young Hispanic man, um, mm. and from Ecuador, so like born and raised yeah. Ecuador, came over here, um to um florida when he was like 15 or 16 but literally wow. listening to his podcast he's now signed up and actually got accepted into a pretty good ai master's program so like to wow. be able to get that's into dope. that um because in my him, podcast, and i'm like what yeah didn't know that was happening so good to know and up- <laughs> people text me all the time and they're like oh i finally understand blockchain or i finally know what you're talking about <laughs> with web3 and i'm like great that's all i want <laughs> just for people to understand man. the basic of it so that they can have conversations because back to what i was saying earlier. In the places of like Web3, we're left behind already. Like, black mm-hmm. folks are not in. Let me just break this down real quick. There was a Web 1.0, which is like the original internet, which is basically like going on websites, reading things. Web 2.0 is interactive internet, which is basically like Facebooks, buying stuff, and all okay. that. Web 3.0 mm-hmm. is a decentralized web, which is basically everyone can own their own data you can own your own access This is where the metaverse is going to live this is where things mm. like nfts and all those words blockchain all that stuff is in the web3 space um yeah but we're not in it so if they're building worlds and economies yeah. in web3 and building like there's lawyers some lawyers are getting into web3 and building mm. practices in the metaverse like that is a real thing where people are building virtual practices there are literally people working Crazy. today. In the metaverse, and different metaverses, where they're like virtual assistants, Um, someone's Mm. just telling me their friend's kid makes a bunch of money being a virtual assistant in, like, Roblox or some mess. So so there's things that are happening, and sadly, our demographic isn't involved in that. Like, the good thing is I'm connected with a lot of people who are who are black, but also it's a very small percentage within a very small percentage of people who are paying attention. And if we're building virtual worlds and we're not even building there... We're, not, we're still struggling here. Like, there's so much that could happen in the virtual world where people get access to jobs, industry, selling products. Like, so much stuff is happening that I'm nervous about for um, people man. who are already disenfranchised. <clears throat> but sorry. That's crazy. And another
0: company. That's all good. That's so good. Because even back to your campaign, when we were out getting signatures, mm-hmm. where we were getting signatures at were, people lining up to get computers during the pandemic mm-hmm. there, there was parents lining up to get computers from like the library yep. because they didn't have cool. computers for yep. their children to go school to school board
1: building. Yep. and
0: the entire line was black people it was it all was. black people
1: so and it was hundreds if we don't of even
0: hundreds mm-hmm. it was wrapped around the block and yep. that was also the saddest part to see it was like yep. if we if these kids can't even have laptops nope Talking about the metaverse, we're there is such a huge gap exactly to even catch up in that space. That's it's insane. That was heartbreaking. To I'm glad you said um, that.
1: And that line yeah. for more context, that line was multiple yeah. days for multiple weeks. So Man. that line was out there for multiple days, multiple le- weeks, and people did not have laptops or tablets for their kids to even do school. Yeah. The school had yeah. to lend kids these devices. And back to what you're yeah. saying,
0: and to stand up in the hot sun.
1: The hot sun and literally wait out hours. The and then For for, literally for hours to get a laptop and then we expect that same kid to be able to compete with a kid who has a parent who can't afford a computer who has the ability to get them in the courses they need so that scares me too that's part back to the future of work Mm -hmm. back to skills back to making sure our young people like there are a lot of programs in Baltimore that do focus on coding and helping kids and i don't think everyone has to be a coder you can do something totally different but everyone Mm -hmm. i'm going to say this to lawyers and everyone listening Everyone needs to understand the intersection between their job and technology, period. Mm. Whatever that is, you need to figure that out and you need to figure it out soon because that is the, the there's not going to be a place where you can succeed without technology. And COVID again showed us which industries mm. were very vulnerable during that time. And folks need to figure out what their intersection is and how technology can enhance what they're doing and keep them sustaining um, beyond this moment. Because it's only going to get worse um, with more Man. integrated systems, with more smart technology, with automated um, autonomous driving, with the stuff that Tesla's doing, with the stuff that all these other companies are doing, with cars driving themselves. Like all this stuff is only going to get worse. So. Bare minimum, people need to understand how they're going to keep their job and be relevant in a world that jobs are soon going to be gone for. Um, Things that can be repeated over and over again that don't need a lot lot of thinking, those jobs will not exist in the next 20 years.
0: Man. And it'll definitely just put you ahead of the game, too. Yeah. Just to get on it now. Like you'll be more acquired because you have this specific skill or you know more knowledge of this tech space. Um, It'll put you ahead of the game.
1: And that's Man, why I think, I think intersections yeah. are so important and why that's why I'm in mine. And when someone said that, I'm like, yeah, because those worlds don't talk. So figure out where your intersection is, mm-hmm. how you can make yourself stand out in your little niche. Find your niche because niches make yeah. money. <laughs> um, so, nice. yeah, find your niche and nice. someone's going to need need the support or need whatever that you're offering. But you got to find it and not when it's too late. Like it's too late in 10 years.
0: Sheesh, that's crazy. Sorry. Well, I think that's the perfect way to lead into my final uh, question or segment of, of the conversation show. Mm-hmm. Um, I end with a closing argument. I know you probably haven't done one in, since in law school. clinic. <laughs> since, since clinic. I don't, I don't know if you took mock trial or not, but um, I did. <laughs> it's
1: basically. It's, oh, you did take mock trial? Yeah, I did. I think I had to. Oh, okay. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, Us no, evening just... students had to take the same courses y'all did. <laughs> I think I had to take it during a day, though. It was something weird. No, nah, it, it was an
0: elective. No, nah, mock trial was like a... a oh, a then I, I or... took
1: it then. I don't know why I took it. Okay. I took it. <laughs> I got I, you, got got you. So, I say, so you good. So you good. You got this? I don't know. Like, though, a I, that was probably <laughs> 3L year. We'll see. Go ahead. 2018. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> so it's
0: basically a closing argument. Uh, you're leaving the audience with something. You kind of just did it, but you leave the audience with a... Word of encouragement or whatever you want to leave the conversate um audience with mm-hmm. before you leave. Um and the caveat is you have to use the word of the day. And the word <laughs> of the day is fulminate.
1: what fulminate. is Fulminate. <laughs> Google. It <laughs> Google. What is you the word? Fulminate. Fulminate.
0: F U <laughs> L M I N A T E.
1: Nah, you're gonna have to tell me what this means. You're not about to play me on national television. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> national television yes this is this the is, this is apple podcast It's it national television
0: <laughs> that's the whole point i can't tell you what it means
1: what so can i look you, it up
0: no you can't Just use, use it Let's to be, the I'm best use like root you, words hold on, use it. on <laughs> words.
1: are you gonna tell me what it means afterwards
0: i will tell you what it is means. it a legal
1: word bro.
0: it is not a legal okay. word
1: okay fulminate all right yeah
0: you t- try your okay, best i got try it i'm gonna
1: make it what i think it is all right, let's do this. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> I'm so stressed. This is wrong. This is cool, though. I appreciate <laughs> it. Dang, you would pick some word that... It's not even an SAT. It's
0: going to be hard. It can't be an easy word. Yeah, it's it not can't an be an SAT easy word.
1: word. I'm moving on. I'm pretty... Well, maybe it's an SCT <laughs> word. I haven't taken an SAT in like 20 years. Though. Right, exactly. <laughs> it could be. Okay, so... <laughs> Let me think what I think I All right. So, one thing I do want to leave with your audience is... One, y'all are doing one, you're doing God's work or whoever you believe in work, because being a lawyer is not easy. Um, We need Mm -hmm. lawyers. We need people who are out there fighting for people on the ground and keep doing the work. The one thing that I do want to say to people who want to be lawyers or who are lawyers is that you got to figure out the future and how that's applying Mm -hmm. because it's happening too quick. Let's just rewind to 2008 the iPhone. No, was it iPhone? iPhone came out, I think, in 2008 or 2009. That's not that long ago. Look at where we are right now. In the next 10 years, it's only going quicker. It's only speeding up. The next 10 years, Mm. most people who are listening are still going to be in their 30s or early 40s. um, Mm. And that is scary if you're not keeping up with that. So please make sure you're staying at least a little bit abreast of what's happening in the tech space, in the future space, because I don't want people to have these beautiful skills and then They're not able to compete because there are lawyers who are getting trained, who are competing at certain law schools. Top law schools are training their their, uh, students on these things. So I do want to say that. The other piece for folks who are just generally listening, um, Mm -hmm. I believe everyone can be marketable. I think that it's going to be harder Mm -hmm. to market yourself in the future. So back to what I said earlier, find your niche. What is the thing? And they actually have a word for it. I was actually talking to someone. Your your zone of genius. Um, you can mm. Google that. But find the area where only you can do and you do it better than everyone else and put all your yeah. energy behind your zone of genius because that's where the money resides. and That's where <laughs> you're able to literally build out whatever it is you want to do and find a space for me. I think I found mine. So I'm able to go and work for places that yeah. I never imagined I would have worked for. I never imagined seeing myself as a VP anywhere, honestly, to be mm. completely honest. I didn't see myself as a senior yeah. director, in my last role or director and all the different roles I've had, but because I was able mm. to find my zone of genius and like learn that space and be um, a voice in that space it's truly helped me and guided me in my way. And it's allowed me to fulminate my career and ensure that I was, completely um a whole package a whole person when it comes to what i want to do in my future with that being said that is my gym what does the Yay. word mean what does the <laughs> word mean everybody ladies and gentlemen <laughs> amazing <laughs>
0: Fulvidate means so there's two definitions either one express vehement protest or literally explode violently or flash like lightning so well, you use it correct it could work yeah it could work yeah you exploded thinking, your it exploded cold your cold career all right Yeah, it it blew it up.
1: (laughs) Raise the roof, 1992.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now you killed it. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. I really appreciate the podcast, man. This was amazing. (laughs) This was fun. And man, I know the people are going to learn a lot. And they're going to be in that tech space. They're going to be Googling a whole lot after this podcast.
1: And also, hit me up. I'm around. So hit me up. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And follow the AI system decoded podcast and i'll be linking it in the bio and i'll be posting it on the social media so please follow and listen because those are also great gems on there i just listened to the uh wearable wearable tech ones mm,
1: mm-hmm. that you
0: posted it was yeah like the second episode but yeah yeah great stuff on there so please the follow, audio
1: gets uh, better after episode four, <laughs> I was, listen, I man. Was, it's you know, the stru-
0: we learning. This podcasting, it's a, it's a learning curve. Like it is. a lot of stuff, I'm still learning about podcasting too. That I need to get better. Just, mm-hmm. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. So I understand. So thank you so much.
1: No thank problem. You. Anytime.